Welcome everybody to Touched by a Horse. I'm your co-host, Chris Angel. I'm here with your host today, Andrea Hall. Hello, Andrea. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited because we're starting a series based on the book, Touched by a Horse, uh, which you can explain for uh, everybody in just a second. But we're about to go through a 10-part series with um, some of your practitioner cohorts on what is Touched by Horse. Like, what is this work of using horses to coach people in different walks of life? So I'm very excited to unpack that with you today and, and then your specific work. What was, give me a sense of this podcast. Like, what was the vision behind the podcast and the book? Well, a, a lot of my colleagues wanted an opportunity to explain to the world what we do with horses coactively. Mm-hmm. They're really our partners in a coaching program. And it's difficult to explain to somebody what we do with our horses in a five-minute conversation. So the stories that are included in the book really give our audience an opportunity to explore and really feel mm-hmm. what is happening proactively with our horses and our clients in the round pen, as well as the amazing breakthroughs and ahas that our clients have and the healing that takes place in that process. Just to be clear, like, so we're talking, this is what makes us so unique is that most people think of horses and we think of maybe riding horses, but this is about like using horses to connect with us as people um, for healing. Yeah. And I want to be really clear that we're not using the horses. Like Mm. the the horses are partnering with us as human beings. Mm. I personally feel like the horses are as big of a piece, if not a bigger piece Mm. of what's going on because the horses are so intuitive. They have four feet that are connected to mother earth. Mm. They don't have any judgment. They have no attachment to the outcome and they can really connect with the human being because they're focused on the energy versus what's actually coming out of their mouth. And so the horse is really feeding me information about what the human is experiencing in that moment, which then allows me an opportunity to ask questions and go deeper with the process to get the human being to really uncover what they ultimately know. However, their conscious mind is getting in the way of discovering that. And the client really has all the answers. It's really like, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, right? Like, mm. you know the answers and you mm. had it all the time. Uh, so that. it's that process of yeah. really uncovering and discovering. And the horse is really a huge piece of that. Wow. I can't wait for this series because I feel like this, I, I, I can connect with so much of what you're saying. I've just never thought of the uh, coactive partnership with horses, as you say, um, yeah. to access that. And I love that. So not just today, but for the entire rest of the series, like we get to kind of dive in, we, the listeners get to dive into this world. I, I can't wait. So um, that is what, and that is what Touched by a Horse kind of touches the, the book, touches the surface of. Um, these stories, like you actually get yes. to hear real stories of how people have been touched by a horse. Yes. And then, and then this podcast series gets to go into the work of you practitioners, like how, like how you uniquely and individually do this type of work with horses. Yes. So cool. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So that, for, for those of you listening, that sort of sets up this whole series. And now we get to talk to Andrea about what Andrea does with horses. So Andrea, like take me into... Um, maybe give me your story first. Like how, how were you touched by a horse? And then let's move into our conversation for who sure. you help, how you help them. Yeah. So my story is a little bit long. I've been a criminal defense attorney for the last 13 plus years. Wow. And I was in the middle of a five day jury trial when my 18 month old puppy died. 
And I really struggled because it was the first time that I physically got to experience what my clients experience on a daily basis. The judge was very unsympathetic to me mm. um, and wouldn't give me any leeway. And at the end of that trial, I said, what am I killing myself for? Because at the end of the day, my clients only care if I keep them out of jail and I'm lucky if they pay their bill most times. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I need to take some time off. And when I took some time off, I realized how stressed I really was mm -hmm. because I had functioned at such a high level that I didn't even realize after I had been like on a seven day vacation to Mexico, I thought I was relaxed. And my doctor was like, you're still stressed out. I'm like, how can I be? I've been on the beach and drinking margaritas. How am yeah. I stressed out? You know? <laughs> And he was like, you operate at such a high level that you don't even understand what somebody normally deals with at a stress level. So I said, okay. And I had been on a personal growth journey already for numerous years. And so I started just like soul searching and saying, okay, what am I going to do when I grow up for the rest of my life? And in the meantime, I started getting physically ill. And during this process of looking and attempting to discover what I wanted to do, my physical illness kept getting stronger and stronger. And so right about the time that I discovered Melissa's program, I um, was getting to the point that I was extremely ill. And I had just gone through my first course with her. And I was about ready to go into my second course when I found out that I had a brain tumor and had to have emergency brain surgery. No way. And I vowed at that point in time that if I survived, life was going to look much different. Wow. Thankfully, I received a Christmas miracle and I uh, was able to have the tumor removed with no consequences, side effects, and the tumor was benign. And so I did just that. I finished Melissa's program and now I've been on the journey to help other lawyers. Cause I know there's other lawyers that are struggling just like, you know, yeah. I was and on the hamster wheel of life, grinding it out. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's, there's this interesting thing about life where like I can relate to the getting wound up. Like I can get really, um, I think work, especially for entrepreneurial types, but, but, but really anybody who's wanting to who has things they want to do in the world and we try to manage our environment and control our environment. Um, and I think control. the more we try to what's that? control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The more we try to control it, the more stressed we get because it's, I mean, how do you control life? You really can't control life, but, but, but we keep trying harder and harder to keep managing our environment for the results we're trying to produce. Yeah. Controls an illusion. It's like attempting to nail jello to the wall. <laughs> That's awesome. I haven't heard that one before. Yes, I agree with that. I think, and, um, and I think it's part of what causes a lot of illness, like to your point, um, to your story. And I think it also causes a lot of unhappiness. Yes. Oh. I, mean, I mean, is that what, do you see that? Yes, absolutely. When I look at what lawyers are typically in trouble for um, every month, they're in trouble for three things, communication, trust account issues and some sort of criminal charges, drugs, alcohol, domestic violence, something of that nature. Mm. And they're all three, you know, intertwined. If you're not communicating with your client, you're more than likely commingling funds or taking funds out of the trust account. And it's as a result of some sort of an addiction. Wow. And what happens is, is it becomes a four alarm fire before anybody wants to put it out. Like right. no one wants to talk about it. There's only mm -hmm. eight states that require any sort of mental health health and wellness, continuing legal education credits. And Colorado, where I live, is not one of them. 
Yeah. And it's so frustrating because our profession is doing nothing to help each other. And the, the rate of suicide and drugs and alcohol addiction just keeps going up. And I understand that it's difficult because we've become accustomed to a lifestyle, right? Yeah. You know, they don't teach you this in, in uh, law school that, you know, you're going to get out and then a firm's going to require, you know, <laughs> right. these exorbitant amount of billable hours and, and student loans and things of that nature. So people get out and they're younger and they can grind it out and that's fine. But then mm. you look at your life and go, are the, these the things that I really wanted? Mm. You know, um, do I have a wife? Do I have a husband? Do I have children? Do I have health? Do I have my sanity? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And what happens is they have debt, student loans, they're keeping up with the Joneses, they have fancy cars, kids are in private school, you know, we have a wife that's a stay-at-home mom, you know, all of these extra things, and they go, I'm not able to give this up until something drastic happens, or they just are at a pass like I was and went, what am I going to do? Like, it was the first time in my life that I went, oh my gosh, like I have no clue. Like I knew when I graduated from high school where I was going to go to undergrad and what degree I was going to get. And then I was going to go to law school and the list went on. Right. And then all of a sudden I went, wow, I have a clear slate. Like I could do anything and be anything I want because the only thing I ever wanted to be was a lawyer. So when I got to this place, I went, oh, good Lord, what am I going to do? Where do I go? How do I, how do I figure this out? How did you answer that question? Like, cause that's, that's a pretty scary question. Yeah. And it took me three years and it was a lot of soul searching. It really was because I, I continued to go, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. Mm. And then I'd follow, you know, another breadcrumb that would lead me somewhere that put me in touch with somebody that had a conversation. And I actually got introduced to the horse uh, equine work through someone else that does a different modality. And when I was at the barn and I was able to like get grounded and my breathing pattern changed and my heart rate dropped, I went, this is the juice. Mm. Like this is it. This is what I want to do. And I can take my love for coaching and helping people and healing Mm. in a different avenue. And I can combine my love for horses and have the two together. I can still help people. It's just different. So, you know, being over here, I'm in the court of law attempting to help people. Now I get to hang out with my horses every day and be in a relaxed environment and not having a judge telling me what to do or fighting the system because the system, plain and simple, is adversarial. I don't care what side of the fence you're on, whether it's civil or criminal, probate. I mean, there's just no way around it. It's adversarial and it is beyond stressful. I think there's some people where in their walks of life, they're in, maybe their environment isn't adversarial, but they're in an environment that isn't conducive to what they really want, right? And they're, they're sitting there trying to manage it and fix it, what they're in, when, when hopefully don't, they don't have to have that life-altering moment, but they could get to a, right. a clearing, they could get to a space where they could actually start to think about this isn't what I want anymore. I want something else. And, and hopefully you don't have to have as many breadcrumbs like, because I think what the, some of the work that you do is you actually help people get there faster, right? You don't, yeah. with, with, you're helping them discover the answers that are already inside through partnering with a horse. Is that right? That's, that's absolutely correct. And one of the things that's different with the equine work that's different than, say, traditional therapy is 
the horses are, I call them my big lie detectors. Like they can sniff stuff out like nobody's business and yeah. they will call somebody basically out if it's not their truth. And so mm. you're able to discover the answers quicker. What happens in talk therapy is that there's an awareness and they get stuff off their chest and they might be able to go, aha, I get why I'm doing X, Y, and Z. However, it's not transformational. Mm. So when they hang out with the horses and we do the gestalt work, there's a transformation that actually happens and it changes the neural pathways in the brain. Mm. So therefore, they don't have to come back week after week. It's a six or eight week process. They come, they spend time with the horses, the session's an hour and a half, two hours long. Mm. We really open up the wound and get to the root of yeah. the issue. And the root typically stems from some sort of childhood trauma or trauma that happened in the past mm. that you're now being triggered by in the present moment. Mm. And, you know, I just had a conversation with somebody the other day and she said, well, you only work with people that have trauma. And I said, well, let me be clear. I believe we all have trauma. Yeah. You don't have to come from a family that was abusive or be sexually right. assaulted or an alcoholic family. That is not everybody. You could be from a situation where you had a math teacher that told you were dumb. That happened to me. I went to law school instead of med school as a result of me having issues around wow. math. Wow. Still to this day, somebody mentions math, I go, yep, not good at math. Get a calculator, find somebody else. Just because yeah. I can remember standing next to my chair in third grade doing flashcards, wanting to vomit and pee my pants mm. and going, no, you know, and then sit back down because you didn't get the answer. And then the next person gets to move to the next chair. And I'm like, oh my God, I took yeah. pre-algebra to get into algebra in college. I mean, wow. it's just forever yeah. gone on, right? So yeah. that's something that may not have affected someone else, right? However, it affected me and has caused not bait, uh, serious things. However, I mean, it definitely changed my life, right? Like I went yeah. to law school instead of med yeah. school. Yeah. So right, you know, and that led you down a road where yes. you tried that for a while, and then you're still like, ah, this isn't really what I want to do. Right. I think people will 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 actually end up creating our lives out of our wounds or the different things that happen in our childhood or the stories that we create, and we get down, we get far enough down the road of our adult life where we're like, this thing I'm, this story I'm living out of, and the choices I've made because of this story, like a career or a or a life partner or how I raise my kids or whatever it is, right? I've made some choices based on that story and it doesn't fit anymore and I want something new. Well, and I, I don't think what people realize is that by the time you're five years old, you have 50% of your thoughts, your beliefs, and your values. Wow. 50%. By the time you're 18, you have 95% of your thoughts and your beliefs and your values. Hmm. So the first five years of your life, you're with your parents and your grandparents, right? That's who teaches you your ABCs, how to walk, which hands you're gonna use when you eat, how to tie your shoes, like all of those staples, right? And if there is issues that happen at that time frame in your life, it's gonna carry with you for the rest of your life and it may not even be right, right? Wow. Your parents do the best that they can based on their knowledge. Right. And when you know better, you can do better, however, not until. So there's no manual that comes with the child so you raise your child based on how you were raised and it might be right and it might not be, or it might be good and it might not be. I mean, there's no right or wrong. It just is what it is, right? Yeah. How do we move then from this place of, so we, we've, we are where we are in life 
And if you're listening to this and you're like, you're, some of this is resonating with you, like, ah, there is something else I want or what I'm currently in isn't fitting anymore. And you feel the, the stirrings of that. Um, how do we move from a place of trying, because what some people will do to, to get to the next level is they'll try to just shift around the things that are already inside their current story and they kind of control it, try to control it even more to, to produce the result. And what, so I think what you're sort of getting at is there's a, there's a release of the way it's been and you're, you're opening yourself up or surrendering to what's next. And sometimes surrendering can be scary because do, it doesn't come with sometimes a lot of answers. But how do we move from this place of control to this place of peace and surrender? Well, and that's what's so great about working with the horse is the horse really helps with that process of guiding them and getting them to discover the answers and what is really the root issue hmm. and then heal that. Like I said, we open up the wound, we get to the root and then we close it back up. We're not putting a bandaid on a wound that needs staples and tourniquets, right? Oh, thank God. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's a lot of times what happens at talk therapy, right? You're there for an hour. They open you up. Uh, they may give you some suggestions and then they put a bandaid on a wound that really needs staples and tourniquet and says, mm. okay, great. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Right. And so, you know, that happens a lot of times with drug addicts too. You know, they go out to the therapy that they're told to do and then they've opened up this wound. They never got to the root that they were sexually assaulted at 15 and that's when they first started using. So they leave, they don't know what to do except go and use and we're back into the same cycle. Then they're in the criminal justice system and they do nothing to help them and then they throw them in jail and right. we're not getting any farther than we were the day before that. So right. yeah. that's what's beautiful about the process that, that we do with the gestalt work and then adding the partner of our horse into that. Yeah. Can you give me the, a little, just like a taste of the world of, I, I'm trying to picture like what it is. Do I stand in front of a horse and it sort of, you know, neighs at me or like, I'm trying to get a picture of like what this, like how does this communication happen? What does that look so like? The, like I said at the beginning, the horse has four feet that's connected to mother earth. They don't have mm -hmm. any judgment, no attachment to the outcome. And the horse is really in the present moment. And that's something we as human beings do not experience most times, right? We're connected yeah. to cell phones and emails and calendars. And mm -hmm. if we did not breathe and have a heartbeat automatically, you'd see people falling all over uh, on a daily basis just because we're such a microwave instant gratification society. And so the horses bring you back into the present moment and get back in connection with your body feeling yourself breathe and feeling your heartbeat. And then it's just discovering what's going on inside you at that very moment. They may have called you for any number of reasons. Mm. However, we deal with what's happening in the present moment with the client. Do I and touch the horse? Um, are you asking me questions as I'm standing in front or touching a horse? Like how does well, there's any number, they, yeah, there's any number of processes that go through that. But what I was ultimately going to get at is yeah. the horse is feeding off of that energy. So let me give you an example. Yeah. Um, I say to the client, do you have on a red shirt? And the client says yes, when in fact their shirt is blue. Hmm. The horse is attracted to energy and everything has a vibrational energy, every word, things of that nature, right? The computer, yeah. my desk, all of that. Hmm. And so if that is not in alignment, the horse will not want to join up with you. If you are speaking your truth, the horse energetically will be attracted to that because mm. it is your truth. Mm. And so the horse will want to join up with you. Mm. So 
I'm watching the horse. The horse is doing its thing. Every horse has its own personality, just like we human beings do as well. Hmm. So my horse may be a healer um, for the heart, for people who are broken, uh, hmm. as far as you know, losing a loved one, a relationship, things of that nature. Or my hor- horse might be more of a pantomimer. They may act out for me what's hmm. physically going on with the client that needs to be healed and hmm. shows up. I have horses that are chakra healers, meaning energetically they will heal and get you back into alignment. So I intuitively just know that that's the horse, whatever I pull for the day is the perfect horse for the client Yeah. and how the horse shows up and gets the client to discover ultimately what the answers are inside is the process that we go through. Wow. So who do you, who do you work with? Do you work with just attorneys? Do you work with like, who are some of the people that have come to you for help? I typically work with two uh, types of clients. The first is the lawyers, like I said earlier, because what I've experienced is that they either have too much stress and not enough balance and they need to, you know, um, get their mental and emotional health in check. Hmm. Or they're really at an impasse like I was and said, is this something I want to do for the rest of my life? Is this what I signed up for? Hmm. And if it's not, what is my passion and what's going to make my heart sing again? And the other is couples. And based on my experience as a, as a criminal defense attorney, I know that my clients are not in my office because they grew up in a Leave it to Beaver family. More than likely, there was some sort of trauma that they sustained. They were sexually assaulted. Um, they came from a divorced family, things of that nature. Or there are themselves going through a divorce, and now there's been allegations of domestic violence and, and sexual assault allegations. And so... What I believe is that if the couples can really heal what is going on inside from their own past trauma, that they can put the needs and the best interests of the children first. Because what I have experienced is most times when people are going through a divorce, they're not putting the best interests of the children first. They're fighting over the teapot set that they got from the day they got married. They're mad because he's a few days late with child support. They're mad because he's sleeping with the secretary. I mean, the list goes on and on of things that they're holding judgment about and anger about. Mm. And the fact of the matter is, if they don't heal their own trauma, they're going to be in another lawyer's office five years from now because they are the common denominator. They will attract another person. They will only be taller, skinnier, shorter, fatter, brown hair, blonde hair, whatever the case might be. However, energetically, they are not able to attract anything other than what they have in front of them unless they heal their trauma. And it allows them to actually, (coughs) excuse me, see that the person they're sitting across from is not chronologically 25, 35, 45. Hmm. They're a traumatized 12-year-old, 14-year-old, 17-year-old. That's who they're fighting with. Hmm. Wow, that's good. (coughs) That's good. I feel like some of the work too, in addition to the unique uh, life uh, circumstances like attorneys or families, that there's also this, this element of people who are, they have a wound and they're clear they have a wound and they want to be, they want to heal that wound or they're ready for what's next and they, they don't feel like they have access to it um, because of all the story that's in the way. And it sounds like in addition to attorneys and families, you might be able to help these other people that are in a similar space. 
Yeah, and sometimes it's people don't know what they don't know. Mm. They get it as a gift. Yeah, Somebody else has right. experienced it and said, hey, so-and-so I think would really enjoy this. Right. That's so good. I love it. I love it. How do people, how does it work? If people listening to this are like, I feel like I could benefit from working with you, but I have questions and I want to know more. Like how do people connect with you around your work? Absolutely. They can go to my website, which is www.withersWhisper.com. And they can sign up for my free daily inspirational quotes that come out. And there is lots of articles under the blog section um, in relationship to personal growth and couples and lawyers, lots of free downloadables. And I also offer free 30 minute uh, exploratory sessions where we can really figure mm. out what they're wanting and needing and um, create a custom package for them. And they don't have to be, you're in Colorado. They don't have to be in Colorado to connect with you, right? No, they can um, just call me. And like I said, we can work something out. If it's something that they're really wanting to experience the horses and they don't live in Colorado, there's EGC practitioners all over the United States. Mm. Uh, they can um, contact uh, Melissa Pierce's Touch by a Horse program and they can provide them with a local uh, practitioner in their area as well. And if they have a connection with you and don't live locally, they can always fly in, right? And, and work absolutely, with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I work with people all the time that, you know, fly in. We just do longer periods of work since they're flying in and spending time. We don't yeah. just do the one session. Yeah. I love that. I really, I love from the, when I think about like getting to know the work, I love the idea of daily inspirations and the blog posts when it comes, when I think about, okay, I've read enough blog posts. Like I really want some change in my life. It sounds like the 30 minute conversation was probably the next step for those of you listening that really want to start to create some transformation in your, your, your life. So absolutely. I love it. Andrea, thank you for your time today. Um, again, if people want to learn more about you, they can go to witherswhisper.com and learn more. Also, you guys can get the book, Touched by Horse. Um, Andre, thank you for your time today. And uh, I look forward to this series and hopefully we get to do more work together. Thanks, Chris. See ya, bye.